Section 34 of the Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Max Weiner. May 27, 1912, at Metropolitan Temple Reception, 7th Avenue and 14th Street, New York. Notes by Esther Foster The fatherhood of God, his loving kindness and beneficence are apparent to all. In his mercy he provides fully and amply for his creatures, and if any soul sins, he does not suspend his bounty. All created things are visible manifestations of his fatherhood, mercy, and heavenly bestowals. Human brotherhood is likewise as clear and evident as the sun, for all are servants of one God, belong to one humankind, inhabit the same globe, are sheltered beneath the overshadowing dome of heaven, and submerged in the sea of divine mercy. Human brotherhood and dependence exist because mutual helpfulness and cooperation are the two necessary principles underlying human welfare. This is the physical relationship of mankind. There is another brotherhood, the spiritual, which is higher, holier, and superior to all others. It is heavenly. It emanates from the breaths of the Holy Spirit and the effulgence of merciful attributes. It is founded upon spiritual susceptibilities. This brotherhood is established by the manifestations of the Holy One. The divine manifestations since the day of Adam have striven to unite humanity so that all may be accounted as one soul. The function and purpose of a shepherd is to gather and not disperse his flock. The prophets of God have been divine shepherds of humanity. They have established a bond of love and unity among mankind, made scattered peoples one nation and wandering tribes a mighty kingdom. They have laid the foundation of the oneness of God and summoned all to universal peace. All these holy, divine manifestations are one. They have served one God, promulgated the same truth, founded the same institutions, and reflected the same light. Their appearances have been successive and correlated. Each one has announced and extolled the one who was to follow, and all laid the foundation of reality. They summoned and invited the people to love and made the human world a mirror of the word of God. Therefore the divine religions they have established have one foundation. Their teachings, proofs, and evidences are one. In name and form they differ, but in reality they agree and are the same. These holy manifestations have been as the coming of springtime in the world. Although the springtime of this year is designated by another name, according to the changing calendar, yet as regards its life and quickening, it is the same as the springtime of last year. For each spring is the time of a new creation, the effects, bestowals, perfections, and life-giving forces of which are the same as those of the former vernal seasons, although the names are many and various. This is 1912, last year's was 1911, and so on. But in fundamental reality, no difference is apparent. 
the sun is one but the dawning points of the sun are numerous and changing the ocean is one body of water but different parts of it have a particular designation atlantic pacific mediterranean and arctic etc if we consider the names there is differentiation but the water the ocean itself is one reality likewise the divine religions of the holy manifestations of god are in reality one though in name and nomenclature they differ man must be a lover of the light no matter from what dayspring it may appear he must be a lover of the rose no matter in what soil it may be growing he must be a seeker of the truth no matter from what source it come attachment to the lantern is not loving the light attachment to the earth is not befitting but enjoyment of the rose which develops from the soil is worthy devotion to the tree is profitless but partaking of the fruit is beneficial luscious fruits no matter upon what tree they grow or where they may be found must be enjoyed the word of truth no matter which tongue utters it must be sanctioned absolute verities no matter in what book they be recorded must be accepted if we harbor prejudice it will be the cause of deprivation and ignorance the strife between religions nations and races arises from misunderstanding if we investigate the religions to discover the principles underlying their foundations we will find that they agree for the fundamental reality of them is one and not multiple by this means the religionists of the world will reach their point of unity and reconciliation they will ascertain the truth that the purpose of religion is the acquisition of praiseworthy virtues betterment of morals spiritual development of mankind the real life and divine bestowals all the prophets have been the promoters of these principles none of them has been the promoter of corruption vice or evil they have summoned mankind to all good they have unified people in the love of god invited them to the religions of the unity of mankind and exhorted them to amity and agreement for example we mention abraham and moses by this mention we do not mean the limitation implied in the mere names but intend the virtues which these names embody when we say abraham we mean thereby a manifestation of divine guidance a center of human virtues a source of heavenly bestowals to mankind a dawning point of the divine inspiration and perfections these perfections and graces are not limited to names and boundaries when we find these virtues qualities and attributes in any personality we recognize the same reality shining from within and bow in acknowledgment of the abrahamic perfections similarly we acknowledge and adore the beauty of moses some souls were lovers of the name abraham loving the lantern instead of the light and when they saw this same light shining from another lantern they were so attached to the former lantern that they did not recognize its later appearance and illumination therefore those who were attached and held tenaciously to the name abraham were deprived when the abrahamic virtues reappeared in moses similarly the jews were believers in his holiness moses 
awaiting the coming of the Messiah. The virtues and perfections of Moses became apparent in His Holiness Jesus Christ most effulgently, but the Jews held to the name Moses, not adoring the virtues and perfections manifest in him. Had they been adoring these virtues and seeking these perfections, they would assuredly have believed in His Holiness Jesus Christ when the same virtues and perfections shone in Him. If we are lovers of the light, we adore it in whatever lamp it may become manifest. But if we love the lamp itself, and the light is transferred to another lamp, we will neither accept nor sanction it. Therefore we must follow and adore the virtues revealed in the messengers of God, whether in Abraham, Moses, Jesus, or other prophets. But we must not adhere to and adore the lamp. We must recognize the sun, no matter from what dawning point it may shine forth, be it mosaic, Abrahamic, or any personal point of orientation, whatever. For we are lovers of sunlight and not of orientation. We are lovers of illumination, not of lamps and candles. We are seekers for water, no matter from what rock it may gush forth. We are in need of fruit in whatever orchard it may be ripened. We long for rain. It matters not which cloud pours it down. We must not be fettered. If we renounce these fetters, we shall agree, for all are seekers of reality. The counterfeit or imitation of true religion has adulterated human belief, and the foundations have been lost sight of. The variance of these imitations has produced enmity and strife, war and bloodshed. Now the glorious and brilliant 20th century has dawned, and the divine bounty is radiating universally. The sun of truth is shining forth in intense enkindlement. This is verily the century when these imitations must be forsaken, superstitions abandoned, and God alone worshipped. We must look at the reality of the prophets and their teachings in order that we may agree. Praise be to God, the springtime of God is at hand. This century is verily the spring season. The world of mind and kingdom of soul have become fresh and verdant by its bestowals. It has resuscitated the whole realm of existence. On one hand, the lights of reality are shining. On the other, the clouds of divine mercy are pouring down the fullness of heavenly bounty. Wonderful material progress is evident and great spiritual discoveries are being made. Truly this can be called the miracle of centuries, for it is replete with manifestations of the miraculous. The time has come when all mankind shall be united, when all races shall be loyal to one fatherland, all religions become one religion, and racial and religious bias pass away. It is a day in which the oneness of humankind shall uplift its standard, and international peace, like the true morning, flood the world with its light. Therefore, we offer supplications to God, asking Him to dispel these gloomy clouds and uproot these imitations, in order that the East and the West may become radiant with love and unity, that the nations of the world shall embrace each other, and the ideal spiritual brotherhood illumine the world like the glorious sun of the high heavens. This is our hope, our wish, and desire. We pray that, 
through the bounty and grace of God, we may attain thereto. I am happy to be present at this meeting, which has innate radiance, intelligence, perception, and longing to investigate reality. Such meetings are the glory of the world of mankind. I ask the blessings of God in your behalf. End of section 34. Recording by Max Weiner, Alpharetta, Georgia.